Hi, and a warm welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Jennifer Rose. And I am Inga Larissa. Together we are Whiskey Sisters. We would love you to join our weekly adventures. Come on, let us rock your whiskey world. There'll be lots of news, gossip, bottle releases, and we will be raising our glasses through the tastiest of drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road, and visiting some of the distilleries near you. And let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. Join our whiskey journey. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, Whiskey Sister Inca. Did you have lovely New Year's Eve celebrations? Yes, we did in Florence. It was good fun. Good oh fun. Oh my goodness, that sounds gorgeous. I have to admit, I didn't drink any whiskey. Sometimes a wee bit respite. Were you on the Negronis or was it a collective of other beverages? Oh, I was on tequila, mezcal, lots of shots. I don't even know what's in it. What's in it? <laughs> Fantastic. Lots of this. And do you have any New Year's resolutions? Are you the kind of person that makes them? I had one, but I can't even remember it now. You put me in the spot. <laughs> Nothing too exciting. Like, I guess just do well with the Whiskey Sisters, con- continue with the, the whiskey journey. Whiskey podcast world domination in our own clothing line. Oh, yeah, <laughs> merch, merch. I had a very Scottish Hogmanay New Year's Eve with a piper. We went out for food and everything and there was a little bit of whiskey drunk. Drunk? Yeah, so it was a nice way to start the year. Ah, <laughs> oh, sounds good. In this week's episode, we will be focusing on whiskey and music and who better to join us than Rick Galloway, veteran PBC broadcaster, journalist, musician, and whiskey enthusiast. In fact, you may have heard us talking to Vic before as we visited the Scots Malt Whiskey Society in Leeds last year and guested on his podcast, Whiskey Talk, Malts and Music, back in September. Oh, that was a great day, Inca, wasn't it? Oh, so much fun. So you pair four of the Whiskey Society's cast strength drams with songs of your choice. We just loved it, eh? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, lots of drums. Excuse my voice, by the way. I've had a bit of a... And it's not quite healed. Yeah, you need more whiskey. (laughs) You know, like singers do, they put honey in the whiskey and then like cargol with the... Yeah, I was having some toddies, but I don't know if I was giving it enough time to heal the throat because I was just throwing them back. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be exploring whiskeys released in collaboration with musicians. However, before we do, it's time to keep up to date with the very first whiskey news of 2023. Stick your nose in it. B Corp certified Pruladi distillery has revealed a mural in Shoreditch, East London, which has been coated with a pollution-eating polish. The mural has been designed to improve air quality. It uses a polish that purifies air by using energy from natural sunlight to break down harmful pollutants and odor molecules. It is said that one coated square meter can take out two grams of nitric oxide per day. Located at 26 Redchurch Street, Pruladi's mural is 70 meters squared. This equates to an estimated pollution reversal of more than 700 cars. Whoa, I've never heard of anything like that, have you? I know. Oh, and it looks really nice. I saw a picture of it. I was just going to ask you that. Is it their nice, like, turquoise colours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so pretty, isn't it? Scientists are working on bringing whiskey flavours from the early 19th century back into production. Researchers at Heriotwood University in Edinburgh are testing how the crops that were common back then respond to modern processing methods. Over the next six years, they plan to test at least eight heritage barley.
barley varieties. They want to find out whether old species of barley could create distinctive new, I guess yet old whiskies. The team hopes the research will create single malts for Edinburgh's Holyrood Distillery. Mark Watson, Head of Spirits Operations at Hollywood Distillery said, we think there are clear sensory differences with using heritage barleys, but we wanted to back it up with science. It's using innovation to bring back characteristics that have been lost by switching to newer varieties of barley. Flavours and aromas that haven't been present in whiskey for decades, if not longer. Yeah, that's similar to basically what Waterford was doing with the recent release Hunter. Yeah. Because they're obviously looking into those as well and I think they have quite a few new ones coming up that they've been growing. People are not always sure about the terroir aspect. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to see that actually other distilleries are doing it and even like putting money into this research. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely something there, terroir. Mm, old, ye oldie barley. Let's rock. We have previously discussed the strong links between music and whiskey when we met with Rob Dietrich on the podcast and sampled Black and American Whiskey, which is a collaboration with Metallica. For anyone that hasn't checked out that episode yet, have a listen and let us know what you think of the unique technique of black noise sonic enhancement. Yeah, that was so fascinating. However, Metallica aren't the only heavy metal musicians with whiskey links. I don't know if any other musicians have as strong links as Metallica, correct me listeners if I'm wrong. But anyway, let's have a look at some more musical malt collaborations. The band GWAR. Do you just say it like the letters like that? Or do you go Guar? I don't even know. I should have Googled this pronunciation. <laughs> well, listeners, the band Guar. G-W-A-R, who released Ragnarok Rye, 46% ABV with collaborator Kicktonin Creek. It's 100% rye whiskey finished with sugar maple and cherry wood. There seems to be some availability of this, albeit it seems a bit limited. They look, they look a bit scary to me. They're very like heavy looking. Well, I guess it makes sense that they have rye, which is a little bit stronger in flavour, mm-hmm. spicier. So maybe, uh, who knows? So then there's Slipknot and they really released number nine Iowa whiskey 45% ABV with collaborator Cedar Ridge. It is blend of 60% straight bourbon, 74% corn, 14% malt rye and 12% two row malted barley and 40% straight rye. Aged for three to four years both the number nine Iowa whiskey and number nine reserve seems to be fairly widely available. Do you like Slipknot? No. Neither do Again, I. like I find them kind of scary. They're scary with the clown. They're terrifying. So exactly. I'm terrified of their whiskey. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, I don't think I was either. The band Anthrax teamed up with Hill Rock Estate and collaborated on some special releases, Evil Twin 1 and 2. Evil Twin 1 was a single barrel, double cast cry, bottled at a hefty 60 0.05%. It was a 100% rye whiskey, first age in new, number 
three char American oak barrels and then moved to new number four char American oak barrels. As far as I can see, their first release, The Healer, and their 40th anniversary limited edition, Anthrax XL, were also like super limited releases and all sold out. So it sounds like that was maybe for like collectors or, you know, mad Anthrax fans to, to get their hands on. But thought it yeah. would be worth mentioning them. Yeah, and lots of, uh, obviously, collaborating with lots of American distilleries. Yeah. Or American brands. Yeah, heavy on the rye. Yeah. Well, also the legendary Motorhead have collaborated with McMurra Distillery, as have another band that we will be sampling soon with Vic, actually. Um, so it's a Swedish single malt whiskey bottled at 40% ABV, aged five years in new American oak barrels, and a small portion of whiskey is finished in Oloroso oak barrels. There's actually another Motorhead whiskey. They have released Iron Fest American whiskey, bottled at 40% ABV from Indiana. This one is recommended as a blending whiskey in drinks. Life is less painful with Motorhead whiskey, Lemmy said. <laughs> <laughs> I may consider having a sip now and then. But unfortunately, he passed away only a few months after it was launched. Oh, R.I.P. Lemmy, the legend. Mm. And only a few weeks after the death of Lemmy, whose preferred drink was Jack and Coke, Jack Daniels announced honoring Motorhead's 40 years with a single barrel that had previously only been available to their master distiller, describing as dark, oaky, but still some corn and sweetness with the signature jack smooth charcoal smoky finish the 288 bottles produced sold out almost instantly yeah i can imagine they would just have flown off the shelves yeah well obviously jd is very popular and obviously you know it's a good like memory yeah totally memorabilia see the yeah. whiskey near like whiskey fan and maybe wants to open every bottle i get but something like that i guess you would kind of think you should keep it as well so there's loads of this commemoration malarkey going on which i think differs hugely from metallica's you know having their own black and brand and being invested in that but to commemorate their own Stone's 50th anniversary in 2012, Japan's Suntory Group created a unique whiskey. They took already existing whiskies they'd made in years pertaining to momentous dates in the band's history, such as their 1962 founding, the release of Exile on Main Street, and their first visit to Japan and blended them together, which I think is quite lovely. Yeah. Only 150 bottles molded with the Stone's famous logo, that tongue and lips. So, and they were made with a whopping retail price of $6,300. So it seems like a lot of these releases you would need to be super quick off the mark. I wonder whether most of the buyers are motivated for their love of the bands or the musicians or for the whiskey itself or maybe both. Yeah, I would think it's like super fans for buying things like that and probably yeah. might not even like whiskey, but are just super fans. Exactly. I think in some ways it makes me think, I have a I have a bias. I think that some of that whiskey's, you know, collaborated with the bands. I imagine, I don't know, I just think it might be a bit crappy, but they've mm. just like somebody in the marketing department's teamed up. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking because with a lot of, I've written an article before about all these celeb spirit brands 
like yeah. just anything like beyond whiskey as well like they're whapping and, their names to it yeah and obviously it's a massive marketing gimmick but then lots of times they fall short and also because they're producing like huge quantities yeah you know in collaboration with like Diageo or whatever like it's massive so yeah. then the spirit might not be as good there are actually yeah many other artists and musicians who have released whiskies including Drake Willie Nelson and the Pokes Whiskey Sisters! Today, in our catch-up with Vic, we will feature three music-related whiskies, and hopefully we will be pleasantly surprised. The Scorpions Rock and Roll Star McMira Swedish Whiskey, Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door, a Tennessee Bourbon, and Ramstein's Irish Whiskey. Although for many listeners, he will need no introduction. Vic Galloway is a BBC radio broadcaster and TV presenter whose radio programmes have been broadcast for more than 23 years. Amazing. On Radio 1, Radio Scotland, and and six music. He has covered music festivals including Tea in the Park, Connect and South by Southwest. Other music shows and documentaries for BBC One and BBC Two. His music journalism has appeared in several publications including The Times and The Herald. Um, because also the author of Songs in the Key of Five and Rip It, the story of Scottish pop. He's well known for introducing new and emerging music, plays in his own band, Czech Masses. And of course, he hosts Whiskey Talk Malts and Music with the Scots Malt Whiskey Society. So he's very, very busy and has done loads of stuff. Totally. What a career groin slap that is. Living the life. Lucky bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Vic Galloway. It's great to have you on the Whiskey Sisters podcast and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. You have an amazing career in broadcasting, which we would love to hear more about. However, we wanted to start by asking you about your love of whiskey and your whiskey journey. How did you go into it? Well, I've liked really nice single malt whiskey for a good few years. I couldn't tell you how long exactly, 20 years or something like that. And I probably the first kind of really good malts I had were Glen Morangy and Glen Fiddich. I think they were the... The two malts that seem to get on the on the market first. So maybe mm-hmm. yeah, twenty odd years ago, maybe even longer ago. I mean, I mean, I'm old, girls. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell you that. Yeah. So I, I sort of started enjoying them, and then of course, like most whiskey drinkers who are inquisitive, I found the PT guys, Lagavulin, Lafroig, mm. Ardbeg, etc., and fell deeply in love with them. I think you know that kind of medicinal TCP, heavily peated kind of flavor thing. It just blows your mind initially, and that's all you want to drink. And I think I've sort of gone over that hill a bit now. I still love a really peaty whiskey, but mm-hmm. it's just there's a time and a place for it now rather than my my drink of choice. So that's how I first started getting into malt. And then more recently, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society got in touch with me. They said, we've got our 12 flavor profiles and we'd quite like you to do something with music. And they weren't entirely sure what they wanted. And so with a bit of to and fro and back and forward, I sort of said, well, why don't I pair each flavor profile with a genre of music and then make yeah. a little playlist uh, of four tracks for each genre. And then I'll write a blurb about each one as well. So I did all of that and they loved it. And it went down really well with their kind of, you know, members and all that sort of stuff that was in there magazine and it was online and so on and I obviously had been to the Whiskey Society a few times as a guest of friends but I wasn't specifically a member and I 
hadn't really investigated those cask strength whiskies in such depth before. So it just blew my mind. And the more I go into the Whiskey Society stuff, find out more about the differences between lowlands and highlands and Speysides and islas and so on, the more my journey becomes more enthralling, I suppose. And I get deeper into it and I enjoy it more and more. And I would never say I'm an expert in whiskey in any way, shape or form, but I'm starting to know a bit more and more about it. And I'm, yeah, yeah so I'm a nerd when it comes to music. <laughs> so I'm slowly but surely becoming more of a nerd about whiskey as well. I love the society and I, I've kind of had similar experiences with them. When I first got into whiskey, they were really helpful. And I always learn something new when I go and visit them or do any work with them. And obviously, because it's all cask strength, I find now that if I drink whiskeys that are 40%, 42 I'm like, oh, this is not really good. Like, you don't get much out of it. Exactly. It's, just... it's exactly the same for me. I'll buy a bottle of malt from an off-license, a supermarket, whatever, wherever it may be. And it's 46% all that whiskey. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what I've got up, up there at the moment. I've got a sort of shelf of Whiskey Society bottles. Uh, a couple I've got on the go at the moment are like 60, I think, I think one's 66.9%. I mean, that's nuts. Uh, and another one's about 58, you know, 59%. So, I mean, they're considerably stronger. But just because they've got, you know, high alcohol content doesn't mean that they're not flavoursome as well. That's another thing. The flavours are really deep. Yeah. And so now I was at the Edinburgh Whiskey Festival in Summer Hall and a friend of mine had a ticket for that and, and, and took me along. And I, I was getting the cast strength stuff from under the table. So I try the drams, the official drams, and they're like, oh, do you like that? Do you want to taste the unfiltered one from under the table um and that completely blew my mind as well so so many good flavors but yeah i'm kind of i'm hooked on the cast strength stuff now and you know obviously if you become a member of the whiskey society you've got the opportunity to get those whiskeys first before anyone else um, yeah. and they only have limited runs of everything as well so it's, it's it is a real whiskey nerds club it's got small whiskey society we had good fun yeah. um pairing our whiskeys with the with the songs a while ago yeah. when we came to see you so that was definitely good, good yeah fun. great fun yeah so i mean on the back of the uh pairing up the 12 flavor profiles i then turned to the whiskey society and said have you ever thought about doing a podcast where you match whiskey and music and they said no and i said do you want one they said yes and we've we're, we've been making them ever since i've just interviewed sam huchen from um outlander and so that will be the next episode episode that will go out in i'm not sure january or february next year what a gent he is he's an absolutely lovely guy and um yeah t total dawn a really really nice guy i mean he paired up some great music with some great whiskeys we even tried one of his uh sassanac whiskey his blend which is really tasty by the way so yeah and we've done you guys obviously you were fantastic guests we've had ian rankin we've had val mcdermott justin curry from delamitri norman blake from Teenage Fan Club, all sorts of different people. So musicians, authors, broadcasters, uh, and now obviously Big Sam. One of the things I love about your podcast is the different ways that your guests connect into the, you know, the brief of pairing the music with the malts. And they do it in different ways, some through memories, some um, find it quite obscure, a, a concept at first. But often what I've heard is, you know, people, even if they find it a little bit tricky at first, can I get right into it by the end of the episode? Absolutely, yeah. And like Sam really rose to the challenge. He loved it. And yes, I mean, 
Kareen Power, who's uh, an amazing singer-songwriter from Scotland, and she paired them with, you know, the whiskeys to songs, but also place, you know, played a huge role in it as well. So where she was listening to the music, where she was drinking the whiskey, all of that fed into it. And that was, that was an angle which no one else had really talked about that much, a little bit, but not that much. So that was really interesting. Yeah, everyone's different and everyone has a different palette and everyone has, you know, they prefer one thing over another. They've obviously got different tastes in music as well. So you get completely different choices of music. And there's now a Spotify playlist online where we compile all the guests choice music choices into a massive long playlist and that's pretty eclectic it goes from sort of folky stuff through to heavy rock through to electronic music world music you know it's it's really interesting hopefully we'll do many more and other whiskey adventures in you know 2023 and beyond definitely dram on fire we were saying earlier the cast strength is absolutely where it's at the first whiskey this evening certainly not cast strength so we have a collaboration between the german rock band the scorpions and mcmira swedish whiskey mm -hmm. and it's called rock and roll star bottled at 40 percent abv the whiskey's matured in american x bourbon barrels oloroso sherry casks and finished in german sweet cherry wine casks wow okay I'm, I'm expecting this one to be pretty sweet then in well general. i'm not too sure because I'm relying on you guys with the, the nosing and the tasting notes because I'm like, as you can probably hear, a little bit choked up just now. Yeah, I, well, I, I, you sent me these drams uh, in, in advance and I have not tasted them. So I have no idea what any of the whiskies that we're going to drink today, uh, what they taste like or smell like or anything. So I poured out a bit of this, um, what is it called? Rock and Roll Star, is it? Rock and Roll Star. Yeah, okay. Are you a fan of the Scorpions? <laughs> you know, I played. <laughs> Walk, uh, walk you like a hurricane in a school band. Um, yes. So I can I can still play the riff for that one. I, as a general rule, I probably would have to say I'm not a massive fan, but I respect them. Michael and Rudy Schenker, amazing guitar players. Yeah. And you can't deny wins a change. I mean, yeah. <laughs> nobody come for that. That is that's that's an epic, isn't that the kind of European Union anthem or something like that? Classic, <laughs> classic. That would bring a tear to a glass eye. Exactly, exactly. And I just love, uh, you know, it's that in between song stuff when the Scorpions. If you listen to a live album, because they're German and uh, and you know their English is absolutely superb, but they've got a slight German accent, so it's like, are you going to have some foreign tonight? <laughs> or this kind of stuff on stage, and it's just kind of fantastic. Come on, so it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I find them vaguely uh, ridiculous, but I, I respect them massively. The nose on this, fairly nondescript, actually. So there's a little bit of sweetness as initially, but it's, it's Yeah, it needs a little bit of time. I was getting a lot of those Amarena cherries. Yeah, I'm going to I don't know if it's now. just because you know that it's been in a cherry cask. Cherry, not sherry. So yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. It's very sherry on the nose. I think some caramel in there, but it's not It's not super intense. Like, it's hard to find. Do you know what I would say is even though no, the, the strength of it is only what 40 percent it's it's quite alcohol um you know on the nose and on the palate yeah i was thinking there's kind of initial spicy oak when you try it on the palate and then plenty of sa like sour cherries and i was thinking those tangy haribos oh yeah i can definitely hear you on the tang i've got it quite perfumey and a little bit musky in the nose wee bit golden setup i've got a kind of white pepper spice in the palate but floral perfumey and yeah. quite bitter bitter fruits yeah it's, it's weird because if it's had all this sherry treatment you'd expect it to be a much sweeter whiskey yeah. and, and and i would have thought the color would be a little darker it's quite a sort of pale yellow i'm yeah. getting i'm definitely getting bits of oak 
I'm getting um, that pepper on the palate, definitely. I'm just sort of seeing if, because, you know, often a nose of a whiskey can develop the more you drink it. You know, you go back to it and it yeah. smells slightly different. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It's not the greatest whiskey I've ever tasted. I mean, no, um, I, it's disappointing you because I, I do quite like the band. So I wanted to be a bit more rock and roll. I well, if, you, if, you, if you're going to call your whiskey rock and roll star... Yeah, um, but maybe it's a bit more like glam rock, kind of a bit more, you know, yeah. sweet cherries. But I was thinking also those raspberries, you know, the boiled sweets that come in a round tin that they car have sweets. like different. Yeah, car sweets, different fruit yeah. ones. <laughs> so really like those raspberry ones. I, I, I am getting the, the nose is becoming a lot sweeter as as I sort of go further down the dram. I'm just sort of starting to get the, the more you know complex flavors from it now. I would agree more sweetness with the ear getting into being in the glass for a little bit longer. I'm totally with you, Inca. I really like the band. Huge nostalgia for especially 1980 Scorpions. So I wanted to like it more. I was rooting more for it. Yeah. yeah. And especially with Macmura Distillery, they yeah. do some really good stuff. So hmm. Yeah, is that is that the distillery, is it? Yeah, Macmura. It's not yeah. offending my palate, but I'm certainly no. not excited about buying a bottle of it. No, if I, if I was given a, a dram of this in a bar, I would be quite happy just to... You know, sip away, neck it, and then move on to something with a bit more flavour. Well neck said, Vic. Yeah, I mean, I'd like with no disrespect, because as I say, that even though the Scorpions, maybe not my favourite band of all time, I have huge respect for them. And the idea that they bring out a whiskey called Rock and Roll Star, um, you know, it's it's just daft. So yeah, good on them, but not not totally blown away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can come back to we can try all of them and then maybe come back and just do a little final. Yeah. See how it goes. So you've met some musical greats in your broadcasting career, including Metallica, Blondie, yeah, yeah Alice Cooper, John Lydon. So yeah, we were yeah. wondering if you have any rock and roll or backstage whiskey bourbon stories you know something cool that you could share with us do you know what actually you put me on the spot i have i have interviewed all of those people you know like yeah metallica got us they enjoyed the interview so much that they invited us to watch them from the side of the stage which was which is really cool so um, cool. yeah yeah, yeah uh, so we rob trujillo the the newest bass player had just joined so we were like about a meter or two away from him on stage my goodness yeah He's and, been and such right next a to the gentleman yeah he is yeah, they, they were all lovely when we interviewed them it was kirk hammett and james hetfield i've got a picture somewhere a photo and just before we were going to do the photo i looked around at them and they were like they were kind of smiling with their hands by their sides and i was like whoa, whoa, whoa wait you're metallica i want to see some metal so what we actually got was hetfield doing the devil's horns and Fantastic. you know his famous teethy smile and like, Oh, amazing. It was great. You know, I've, I've been very, very fortunate with my broadcasting career. I'm always the independent, left field, punk rock, indie guy, I suppose. Although I play a massive cross section of, of different kinds of music. I'm a more left field, evening time radio guy. And tw- over 23 years of broadcasting every week, firstly on Radio One, then on Radio Scotland, and also time to time on Six Music and the World Service and all sorts of different things. And I've met lots of people and I've got drunk with a few of them, but um, <laughs> None specifically come to mind in terms of whiskey or bourbon. That may change, though. I mean, obviously, doing the podcast, I remember, I don't want to, like 
you know, kiss and tell here, but uh, <laughs> I remember af after the uh, Justin Curry podcast, uh, we stayed in the Whiskey Society and had several more, and that included many, many drams and also a, a good few beers into the mix as well. And I'm not going to say what happened, but it got a bit crazy. It got a bit wild. So um, that, that was good fun. As I say, you can't kiss and tell what, what, what happens on the road stays on the road, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't really say any of the, the, the really juicy stuff because this is going out in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you when I next see you and we're sharing a dram and and there's nothing recording me. I'll tell right. you some of the crazy stuff we'll that's happening. step happened. away from the recording gear yeah. and, we'll, and you can spell the whiskey tea. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cannot wait. Yeah. I've been, been doing it for a long time and, and from the biggest stars, Marianne Faithful, Mickey Dollins from the Monkees, wow. as you say, you know, Metallica, Blondie, etc., etc., through to many local bands and and also i've got to meet some of my personal heroes you mentioned john lyden uh, i did a documentary on the damned they were the first band i ever saw live so that was just like my teenage self just about exploded when i got Brilliant. that commission yeah so it's it's been it's been a brilliant ride so far long may it continue you know yeah and now you've added whiskey in Talk about killing it. Yeah, I, I was saying that to someone the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, I've started doing these podcasts uh, with the Whiskey Society. They just stopped and said, oh, my God, Vic, what a career you've had. And, of course, <laughs> every, everyone moans about their own lot in life every now and again. And you sort of, oh, I wish I was doing more of this and less of that. And, you know, I wish this was happening and that wasn't happening. But then sometimes you just have to take a step back and go, I'm I'm so super lucky. For um, sure. And I do thank my lucky stars. And uh, long may it continue, as I say. Living the dream. So the next tram is Bob. Dylan's Heaven's Door and I actually saw that Bob Dylan was trending on Twitter because he had said that one of his favorite TV shows is Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's got to be bullshit, surely, right? No. I know. They said that he could do an appearance on the show, so we'll see. Heaven's Door is a Tennessee bourbon and is a collaboration between Mark Bushala, who has also helped to create the Angel's Envy bourbon. And this expression is made from 30% of small grains, which I had to Google and it means wheat, oats, barley or rice. So we don't really know what's in there. And then I don't know what the 70% is. It was, I'm, I was pretty sure it was corn, but yeah, they don't really tell much. And the spirit is allowed to age for at least six years in American oak barrels and bottled at 42% ABV. So we're going a little bit higher on the ABVs. I don't know bourbon quite so well. I've had, you know, the usual Jack Daniels and bullets and wild turkey and, you know, all, all, all the sort of maker's mark and, uh, you know, some really good ones and some some, some less good ones you know I don't know too much about it but I'm not against bourbon usually it goes with you know coca-cola and there's a rock band in front of me while I'm uh, drinking it. <laughs> we did an episode a couple of weeks ago Vic on American whiskey mm -hmm. and we were just saying similarly don't have a huge amount of experience but you know but curious forever curious certainly on the nose straight away it's got it's got more character than the um, than the scorpions one funny the color is actually quite rusty ambery color which yeah. is quite surprising from I guess it comes from a lot from the toasting and the char of the virgin oak yeah yeah the nose is definitely it's almost smoky like the, definitely you can get that toast yeah funny you say that i've got the creme brulee when it's like burnt on the top on the nose oh. 
Yeah. Creme brulee, one of my favorites. Yeah, I was yeah. getting some licorice in there as well. There's something fruity in there as well, but I couldn't really tell what yeah. it is. I'm getting a bit of fruit on the nose as well. And some of that smokiness. Oh, wow. It's funny, like the complete change of taste from that Scorpions one. Yeah, and it does, it does kind of feel stronger than 42. Yeah, it definitely does. It's got Odd. a strange taste, doesn't it? It's, it's not it's not whiskey as we know it, is it? It's, bur no. it's definitely bourbon, bourbon it's, whiskey. I'm glad to hear you say this because I wasn't sure if it was my croaky throat tasting notes but I found it quite unusual I've got zingy spice kind of aniseedy yeah. maybe fresh apples but I was kind of unsure and I was expecting something sweeter and creamier no it's, it's quite uh, tangy I'm getting a real floral taste uh, in in the middle of my mouth like almost like you know that kind of synthetic parma violets type uh, okay. you yeah know. good call yeah I'm getting that when I drink it right in the middle of my mouth I'm getting mm. a little bit of smoke and sweetness on the nose and fruitiness but then this kind of odd floral again it's quite alcohol driven this i wonder if there's a bit more rye in this but i was getting spices like cumin and star anise maybe quite rubbery like i was literally thinking like rubber bands or balloons yeah. or something yeah <laughs> i prefer it on the nose to the palate it's not ringing my bell on the palate. If someone gave me one of these in a bar, I, I would actually want to have a mixer with it. This is not doing it for me either, I'm afraid. It's drinkable, but not much more than that. A standing down from that is not a bad shout. The name is, of course, a reference to his song, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Are you a fan of Bob Dylan? Uh, do you know what? I, I, like uh, music fans and friends of mine will hate me for saying this, but no, I'm not. And um, I appreciate his songwriting and his lyric writing. And the cliche that always that people always say is, "I like his songs covered by other people." Yeah. Um, I, I love the birds versions of his songs more than him. But yeah, like some of my real kind of nerdy music friends who love him, they say you just haven't found him yet. You know, you, you're like you probably need to find one record as an entry point, fall in love with that, mm. and then you'll love all the others. But no, he just sounds like a chainsaw starting up to me. <laughs> you know, um, I just, I, yeah, I just, I've never, I've never really completely got it. But I have to say, he used to do a radio um, show for the BBC. I, I think it's on NPR in the states as well. Uh, Bob Dylan's Theme Time Radio Hour or whatever it was called. I was once driving back for Christmas, a bit like Chris Ria. I was, I was driving and I turned on the radio and it was Bob Dylan's Christmas themed radio hour, and he was like playing amazing records loads of old r&b rock and roll ska country bluegrass cajun music you know really great music choices but they all had a, a kind of festive twist to them and i just fell in love with him i just thought he was funny i thought he had great taste he didn't take himself too seriously that was a real kind of epiphany for me i'm still not completely found his music how about yourselves do you like him i don't um i similarly i prefer like some covers but i know the songwriting is like highly rated but i would never like put on bob dylan if i was listening to music myself i don't really listen to him like you might hear something on the radio sometimes and stuff and kind of like sing along because you know all this like a lot of the songs basically yeah subterranean homesick blues that's that's uh, an amazing song you know johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine i'm on the pavement think about the girl it's almost like um proto rap or something you know it's like he fires at the lyrics to that one i mean there there are loads of good bob dylan songs there's one that i just mentioned that i do like i've just not got it with dylan and i'm not really liking his whiskey either <laughs> i'm quite intrigued by him as a character i was recently in an art shop and there was loads of paintings very colorful painting hugely expensive actually by bob dylan so i just thought there's a lot going on for him so i'm a bit intrigued by him 
am not a, not yeah. a fan and I'm a bit disappointed by his whiskey. Yeah, and I, yeah. I found a song earlier today, I was listening, so I'm just trying to get into the mood of, you know, music and whiskey. And I found a song but with him and Johnny Cash and it's called Wanted Man. Yeah. And I was thinking like, okay, yeah, this will be good. Oh my God, it was the worst. No, was it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, bad. You know, he's obviously hugely, one of the most successful recording artists of all time, but nah, no, doesn't do it for me. And I, I don't think I can finish this dram. And, and that, you will not hear Vic Galloway say that very often. We said we would send you music-related whiskey. We did not say they were going to be good whiskeys, okay? <laughs> yeah. right, right. We're hoping that the last one will be the winner. Well, need Let's more than see. thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Vic, what's your opinion on musicians or bands releasing their own whiskeys? What do you think about that? Why not? Yeah, I, I like, I'm into it. And, and there's another thing that musicians keep doing is either like bringing out a whiskey or a, a gin or a kind of something boozy or they do hot sauce the amount of bands that have got their own hot sauces now um, <laughs> I mean it, it's bizarre it was like well I suppose it was like Paul Newman he's he, the actor he started he brought out salad dressings and what kind of a person lives in a house like the Lloyd Grossman name? Lloyd Grossman yeah he started uh, a, a food range as well and it seems to be all the rage now it's like you, you can hardly walk down a supermarket aisle without seeing you know bands and, and actors and so on I, why not if, as long as the product's good it's just another way to I, I suppose get some cool points make some money obviously that's probably what yeah. they're really doing it for have you tried the Metallica one because the Metallica's blackened whiskey that was really nice yeah so yeah. good no I've not tried it they're set up slightly different for them I think as opposed to maybe a band doing a kind of temporary collaboration with a distillery you know yeah, they've got their own brand and easy sipping it was it was very easy sipping they also have the ride the lightning which is then obviously rye so the other one is more corn okay and... right rye yeah yeah look what they did there okay so we're gonna go oh. in for, are we going in for the third one then? yes we're gonna enter final whiskey an irish whiskey released by german industrial metal band ramstein um so an irish whiskey however it's not specified which distillery it's a blend of triple distilled green and a double distilled malt aged for 10 years in ex-bourbon casks and finished for a minimum of six months in ex-sherry casks and bottled at 40 3% ABV. Ramstein with a whiskey. You'd have thought that <laughs> Ramstein would bring out, you know, kind of rubber lederhosen or something instead. You know I, mean? <laughs> uh, I don't have any Ramstein stories really particularly, but I, I was once doing a Radio 1 show in Maida Vale, BBC Radio 1, and Placebo were the live band on, mm -hmm. on the show. They turned out to be super nice. I'd heard Brian Malko could be a bit difficult, but he wasn't at all. He was lovely. And then I sort of said, you tour the world constantly, you're always playing festivals and so on. There must be one or two bands that you keep bumping into and you become friends with on the road. Ramstein are the band that uh, we keep bumping into and having parties with and getting on like a house on fire. And he says that they've, they've obviously got a ridiculous sense of humour. They've gone for a whiskey. It was quite hard to get in the UK. The, the nose is the best yet. That's that is definitely yeah. the best yet. Very light yellow in the colour, but the, the nose is much sweeter, like vanilla, some cinnamon, some festive spices in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also had some like leather and I was thinking you know you all the leather outfits like yeah leather coming leather up. pants i think their outfits are quite scary in fact i find the band quite scary if i'm honest they're too yeah, much i think it's for done me. in in in, uh, in jest though i think it's done in humor i don't think you don't be scared by them i think they're taking the piss basically m most of the time i'm still scared i've never seen them live but i 
and um, people always say that that's the best thing. I mean, the records are one thing, but see them live. I think I think it's it gets pretty blue live, if you know what I mean. I think they mm. they push the boundaries of what's tasteful and what isn't. Yeah, I've heard they have like sort of inflatable sort of body parts and things. Penises. Like that. Is that what you wanted to say, Jen? They <laughs> do. Am I allowed to say? I think the nose on this is really nice. I'm definitely getting the vanilla, little bits of like spice, but not that kind of acrid, punchy uh, spice that you can get, like punchy spice to it. Whereas this is much more, as you say, cinnamon and come on, Ramstein, make, make sure this is a good whiskey. I want, I want this one to be good. I'm even getting like doused, it's a doused match, you know, like on the nose. Weird. Oh, it's not very nice though, is it? Have you just invited me on this podcast to, to like to try out the worst whiskey known to man or something like that? <laughs> I will get, get Galloway on, he'll drink anything. <laughs> <laughs> I found it quite difficult on the palate very yeah. quite peppery quite floral perfumey and again quite bitter bitter fruits yeah mm. I think it was quite oaky and I was getting red fruits like red currants there's definitely some vanilla on the finish and some spice but it's not really like I think it's actually a little bit better now that it's been in the glass for a while but it's still not yeah. that exciting yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sort of having a bit of difficulty with this one um, much like the, the Bob Dylan one I might be able to finish this one I'm not sure I think I, out of the three so far I think the scorpions is probably edging it i actually think the the finish on this is is quite nice the nose is nice and the finish is nice but unfortunately the palate isn't that nice and that's the I, bit that really counts isn't it i think definitely with the air it's, your it's face, getting Jen, sweeter you're not enjoying this <laughs> no i'm no i think it's rotten <laughs> How disappointing. I feel like we should have had something good to finish off. Furniture, polish, uh, mm. cleaning product kind of. Yeah, I mean, saying that someone's whiskey tastes like cleaning products is not good. So I apologise. And maybe someone else out there will love it, but I'm not digging this. I would have hoped their whiskey to be... Well, I don't know why they went with this. Like, it should have been peated and a bit more yeah. aggressive and, like, strong well, on the palate. When I was doing my pairings for the Whiskey Society and doing those 12 flavour profiles with 12 music genres as the flavor profiles got more peated because they've got you know lightly peated peated heavily peated the music just got heavier so i did i did my last heavily peated was like heavy rock you know that was the the yeah. kind of you know queens of the stone age um etc etc went really well with that i thought so i was expecting the rammstein one and maybe even the the uh, scorpions one to be just that little bit heavier in in taste you know and, and it's got quite a nice finish to it this i'm not i don't i want to say something positive about it you know sweet vanilla no cleaning products on the palate and uh, and this kind of nice warm finish as well yeah oh i'm sorry ramstein it's wrong no <laughs> it's not working i think i'm just noticing the scorpions again and the nose is actually much more pleasant and like i guess after those two i'm like mm, actually this smells nice what have you been drinking recently that you've you've really liked then um the glasgow distillery 1770 they mm. have some really amazing cask finishes like the peter satinus i bought the tequila cask finish which is really nice if you like tequila it's amazing i do yeah i definitely recommend it it's not for everyone because it does taste a lot like tequila a good friend of mine in london i was staying with him a few months ago and i i took him down a bottle of cast strength stuff from the whiskey society and it was a kalila one of their you know limited edition sort of uh bottlings you know 200 bottles or something like that and he loved it he said it was the maybe the best whiskey he'd ever tasted in his entire life and he likes the really peated heavily peated but he said there was something um really 
really unique about it. And it, and I remember him saying, it's almost like a really, really top of the range tequila. I tried, or we both tried um, recently, four-year-old from the single cask. It was aged in octave casks, so obviously a lot of more influence in four years. And it was definitely one of the best whiskies that I've tried for a long time. It was really nice. Although I love my Kaulilas and Ardbegs and Lagavulins and so on and so on and so on. The PT stuff, as I've said, I am edging more and more towards those kind of sherry cask, sherry butts, you know, Oloroso butts, sweeter, darker in colour, all yeah. you know, quite Christmassy heavily fruited in a way and and rich trying to find my balance something that has a nice tang to it but it's also got that kind of sherry cask richness and sweetness and i have had recently uh, a manach more it's a space side and it's a distillery i didn't really know about and i had one recently and it blew me away i just thought it was absolutely amazing it was one of the best drams i've ever had in my life it's it's impossible to say your dream dram there's so many good ones any celebrity dead or alive Vic, who would it be it would be i i was thinking about this, I mean, so many. I'd love to sit down with Jimi Hendrix or someone like that. I mean, like a, a total hero of mine. Do you know who is a real hero? And I never got to meet him, and he's no longer with us. Rick Mayo. I love Rick Mayo. The Young Ones, Bottom, Filthy Rich, and Cat Flat. All of that stuff. I absolutely. And so, do you know when Rick Mayo died, people got in contact with me and said sorry for your loss. You know what I mean? Aww. Because they knew how much he meant to me. So I would love to sit down and laugh my ass off with Rick Mayo. Because apparently when you met him, if he knew you were a fan, he would he'd break into the, you know, and he would, he would, yeah, he would do that character for you. So, and uh, I make you laugh. Yeah, that would be the celeb that I would, I would have my dream dram with. Amazing. And how about three sipping songs to kind of set the mood? Okay, well, three sipping songs. One is Jimi Hendrix, actually, and it's it's off Electric Ladyland, uh, Burning of the Midnight Lamp. It's one of the slightly, it's got an, a kind of gospely feel to it it's obviously very mm -hmm. psychedelic because of the guitars it's a it's a tune <laughs> um my second one would be a uk funk soul jazz band from the uh 70s and they're actually back together and playing again called simande you, you might not know the name but you'll know at least two or three of the tunes because they're you know they're just like amazing funk jazz kind of mm -hmm. instrumental tracks the one I, i'm gonna go for is off their first album called bra is the uh song so bra tune it's an amazing piece of music i urge you to search that out if you don't know it or if you're like well, i don't know if i know that one and the third one would be some reggae my last one would be the gladiators jamaican band vocal harmony group i love them in fact i was listening to them last night uh, they just got sweet harmonies you know i, I don't relate to what they're singing but i relate to the tune this particular one that i've chosen is looks is deceiving so it's, it's a kind of don't judge a book by the cover kind of thing check that one out sweet reggae music uh those are my three sipping songs fantastic and vic you're in a band yourself give it a quick plug um i will oh thank you very much there's three of us that record and then when we play live there are five of us we're called check masses we put a record out called nightlife which we launched basically during the pandemic uh which is a complete disaster but it's a great it's a great album i would say you can get it on vinyl and, and stream it and so on we kind of mix up rock and roll obviously a bit of it's like soul music rock twangy guitars a bit of hip hop in there a bit of dub reggae uh, i hope people like it if they search it out yeah the album's called nightlife and we put out a remix album with loads of friends of ours remixing us called nightlife remixed funnily enough you know get a bottle of your nice favorite whiskey stick on nightlife follow it with nightlife remix and then the bottle will be finished before you know it thank you so much rick thank you for joining us today it's been amazing yeah and, and i'm glad we're still pals after yeah after we 
Yeah, exactly. Next time we'll treat you with some better whiskey for sure. Well, let's, you know, next time you're in Edinburgh um, and specifically in Leith, give me a shout and we'll we'll hook up and have a few more drams at the Whiskey Society yeah. or, or in a nice bar. Yeah, um, good awesome. luck with the podcast. It's great being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. Well, it's only, it's only right and proper that today's fact is related to the musical theme. Did you know, Inca, that the song Whiskey in the Jar, made popular by the Dubliners, Thin Lizzy, then Metallica, and I guess lots of other artists, originated in the 17th century? Yes, I've actually heard this before, but please do tell more. <laughs> I thought you might. Whiskey in the Jar is a tale of a highwayman or footpad who, after robbing a military or government official, is betrayed by a woman. So whether she's his wife or sweetheart is not made clear. Various versions of the song take place in Kerry, Cork, Sligo Town and other locations through Ireland. Folk music historian Alan Lomax suggests that the song originated in the 17th century and states, the folk of 17th century Britain liked and admired their local highwaymen. Pretty amazing. I want to know which version is your favourite? Do you know, I love Metallica's video, but I think I might go Thin Lizzy. Yeah, you know what? I was going to say, I watched like a documentary on Thin Lizzy and that's kind of where I learned about the history of the song. But it's very good. But I do love the Metallica one, but I think maybe I've heard it so many times that I quite enjoyed the Thin Lizzy. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we are just like, you know, mad for our Metallica. But you've got to love Thin Lizzy as well. We should have our own band and our own yeah. Lizzy, Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not as crappy as the ones we tried today. Oh gosh, Inca, do you think Vic will speak to us again after those three drams? I know, I feel a little bit embarrassed. They were all pretty bad. They're three of the worst drams I've tried in a while and I'm super disappointed because I was kind of rooting for the ones linked to musicians. Yes, especially the scorpions one i thought that would be really nice and it just wasn't quite it's just fall flat didn't it fall flat unlike their hair which is freaking awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm vic galloway and you've been listening to the whiskey sisters podcast thanks for listening we would love to hear your thoughts on musicians or even our bands releasing whiskeys or other spirits have you tried any of them what did you think is it worth it is it just a ruse you know let us know and if you are enjoying what we do here please subscribe rate and review as this really helps us basically and please download our episodes too yes we need you to help us with that thank you so much for helping spread the word and grow our podcast next week we are sampling the fairly recent tomatin portuguese range don't forget to follow us on instagram at whiskey sisters.podcast twitter at whiskey sisters and facebook at whiskey sisters podcast good to be back Inca. yes first episode of the year may your glass be full and your dram on fire da, da, da. Mm. Uh.